You're listening to Orange Blaze, a Florida Trail podcast. So we're hiking really late at night and there's a uh, pit toilet there at the parking lot right before <laughs> camp. And so we cruise up at nighttime and uh, Stretch goes to use the bathroom and she opens up the door and jumps back. And she's like, there's something in there. And I'm like, what? And she's like <laughs> freaking me out. And she's like, there's a dog in there. There's a dog in there. And I and she's just not really being descriptive. So I don't know what kind of dog's in there. You know, she looked at it for like, stuck her head in and saw something and came right out. And so I'm like knocking on the door and saying, hey, puppy, you know, and I don't hear anything. And I open up the door and there's a hunting beagle on the ground in the in the pit toilet. And uh, somebody had gone in there, had found it in there before and unraveled a bunch of toilet paper and put it on the concrete floor so it wouldn't be so cold. But mm-hmm. this dog couldn't open its eyes and it had ticks and fleas all over it and it was skin and bones. That was Melanie Stretch and Travis Rainbow Juice Lacoste. And I'm Misty Ridley Little. Stretch and Rainbow Juice are 2019 Florida Trail through hikers with an adventurous spirit. A realization several years ago that they wanted to adopt a less dust-filled lifestyle, they began researching life as a thru-hiker. In 2017, they embarked onto a thru-hike at the PCT and completed 1,400 miles before injury sidelined them. Knowing that the hiking life was for them, they set out for and completed the AT in 2018, which led them to the FT in the winter of 2019. As you will hear, they originally had an ambitious plan to thru-hike all 11 National Scenic Trails in about a five-year time span. But that goal is a bit sidelined at the moment. A thru-hike of the Arizona Trail was on the books for this spring, but shortly before setting out for the trail, Rambo Deuce developed blood clots in his lungs. Not once let that put a damper on their adventurous lifestyle, they are now reconfiguring their hiking plans until his health allows for long-distance hiking again. And that involves some van life as they travel around the country visiting national parks and other wild spaces. Our conversation spans things from the wild and the wacky, like finding hunting hounds in outhouses, and the hashtag Florida man to making the most out of cold and rainy days and what hiking a long distance trail is like for a couple. Links to the show notes for the episode can be found at orangeblaze.thegardenpathpodcast.com. And if you'd like to suggest a guest or be on the podcast yourself, you can email me at orangeblazepodcast at gmail.com. And I'm on Instagram at orangeblazepodcast if you'd like to follow me there. Don't forget to hit the five star rating and leave a review on iTunes if you haven't done so already. I would greatly appreciate it. It would help other hikers find out about the Florida Trail and this podcast. All right. Enjoy the episode. Well, thank you guys for coming on the podcast. And well, first of all, thank you for emailing me. I like it when people email me um, because it lets me know like people are listening to the podcast and especially you guys are recent through hikers. Um, You know, I didn't really have a good idea like if anybody was actually listening to it while they were hiking on the trail. So it was kind of uh, nice to know that you guys were out there listening and uh, aware of the podcast, at least. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Thanks for having us, Misty. Um, We we, uh, first heard of your podcast and we were looking for information about um, the panhandle closures. Okay. uh, We are having trouble finding um, good information. And um, the podcast helped us out with that. Great, great. I, I'm sure the FTA, uh, Adam, would be happy to hear that because um, he reached out to me um, wanting to, and that's kind of the goal of the podcast is, you know, to talk to everybody involved in the Florida Trail community um, and to be like another, you know, way of reaching people than, you know, 
people don't always check email or go to websites and, and sometimes things get buried. So I'm glad that worked out for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. It was excellent. Awesome. And I really, I really enjoy hearing uh, other hiker stories. Yes. Yes. I've been trying to, I've actually found a couple new hiking podcasts that have come out in the last few months that I was unaware of. So I've been trying to listen to other people's stories as well. And it, it makes me just want to go hiking. So yeah, cool. <laughs> Well, I guess to get started, um, maybe you guys can introduce yourselves and um, like kind of where you're from, a little bit of a background from hiking, and you guys are been adventuring for the last couple of years. So I guess start from there. Sure. Uh, you go first. <laughs> uh, sure. My name is uh, Travis, aka Rambo Juice, uh, originally from uh, Kansas and uh, live in uh, San Marcos, Texas now. All right. And uh, my name's Melanie, a.k.a. Stretch, and um, I am from the Austin area and now live down in San Marcos, which is about 30 miles south of Austin. Mm -hmm. um, Travis and I met at Texas State University, which is here in San Marcos. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, it was, that was one of the schools I was wanting to go to, but back when I was looking at colleges, but back then it was Southwest Texas State still, so. Yes. <laughs> I, actually, my graduating class, though, was the, the class that got a, a degree in, in both, from both schools. School oh, name. really? Wow, yeah. okay, interesting. <laughs> so you guys met there, and have, did you guys like have a shared outdoor experience, or how did that develop? <laughs> well, kind of. Uh, Melanie really was the outdoorsy one. I mean, I grew up hunting and, you know, always being out, outside. I, I ran around in what we called the thicket out near my house in Kansas. I had, I lived on a huge farm and I had a dog and we'd run around with the dog all day. And, uh, anyway, so when I met Melanie and then we got married, she promptly tried to kill me on my first backpack. <laughs> uh, we went out to Wildlife Bay Mountains National Park in Texas. Yeah. And we went to backpack for three days. And of course, there's no water in that park at all. So we tried to pack three days worth of water. And I tried to carry it all. And it was like 21 liters or something of water that I had oh in my, my. Yeah. And so she tried to kill me on the first day of my, <laughs> my backpack. But we made it. And, it's like uh, eight hours uphill. Yeah, it was. Our packs were so heavy. <laughs> it was pretty hardcore. But and that was really our first taste of backpacking. <laughs> well, um, my, my first backpacking experience was when I was in high school still, and uh, I had a close friend who took me out to Big Bend National Park. Um, and I, okay. I fell in love with, with backpacking at that time, um, but didn't didn't get a chance to do it again, really, until after uh, Travis and I were married and back here in, in Texas. And um, like you said, out at Guadalupe. Yeah. Well, that's a great state park to start uh, to, to go or national national park yeah national park national park, yeah. national park. um great place to, to to get that taste uh dick guadalupe peak a few years ago in mckittrick canyon and yeah i know what you mean it's just like uphill and lots of water <laughs> yes that's really a park you have to see um by hiking you have to you yeah. miss so much well like most of the national parks i feel like you really miss out on a lot if you don't get out there and pack them yeah i mean there's definitely i mean there's not a lot of roads around in the park yeah it's definitely a trails oriented park so yeah and then uh we got into through hiking back in i guess 2016 is when the uh, seed really got planted for us we always wanted you know we, we had the typical nine to five stuff we worked way too much uh 
all the time. And then we never had energy or whatever to go backpacking like we'd always envisioned. And so uh, we decided to do, uh, you know, kind of the uh, non-typical lifestyle. And we sold our house and our cars and quit our quit our corporate jobs and uh, moved back in with my parents to uh, decrease the amount of bills that we have. So we basically, you know, we're debt-free and can do what we want to do. And uh, that's when we decided to through-hike the PCT. And that was the first time we started doing that. So, did, Now, did you guys have anybody that was inspiration for you guys to do the PCT or how did uh, you guys choose that, that trail first? Well, I mean, we had a book that uh, our sister-in-law had given us for Christmas a couple years before that. And it's that big thick book. That's the uh, America's great hiking trails. And it's mm-hmm. like a big coffee table book. It's like size an encyclopedia. And so, you know, we'd flip through it and we're like, Oh, this would be cool. This would be cool. And then we started looking into through hiking and uh, we decided, you know, out of the gate, we we're like, we're not doing the Continental Divide Trail. Like, no, <laughs> no, that was above our skill level. And so then, we're, then, then we decided we could either do the PCT or the AT. And it was a toss up and uh, Stretch gave me the decision. And so I said, well, I'm going to hike the PCT because I don't like the humidity. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, uh, I got to pick the PCT first. And that's how we came to that one. Uh, I did get him to do the AT though last year. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and it was really. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, we didn't really have, you know, we were just scratching the surface of through hiking. Then I don't think we really knew a whole lot about uh, through hiking back then. Like, you know, we'd never heard of, well, I got in, I started watching, you know, YouTube stuff. And so I knew Lint and Anish and, you know, some of the really big names, uh, Skirka, Andrew Skirka was probably my biggest inspiration. Cause, uh, yeah. I actually emailed him and I read, uh, his blog quite a bit and he was kind enough to respond to me and gave me some good information. So he's probably That's the fun. number one person that really inspired me. And then, I, I remember the first time we met, um, a through hiker though, we were visiting, um, great smoky mountains national park for our anniversary one year. And we'd done a little hike um about eight miles from Klingman's dome and we were at one of the shelters and there were some homeless looking people hanging around smelled really bad <laughs> and uh, we got to talking with them and um this we, we started talking about the Appalachian Trail and this lady actually told me that um if I ever was to through hike the Appalachian Trail I would need to shave my head because I have long hair and she said if I sleep in the shelters the mice would burrow into my hair um (laughs) and I thought well this is all I don't know just crazy of course we have to do this yeah (laughs) and then there was a guy there too that came up and started talking to us and he was through hiking too and all right, he's in his fifties or so, and he started telling us this crazy story about how black bears have been chasing him all day down the trail. Got trapped in a fire he's tower. There. And that was our first interaction with through hikers. Well, do you think it scare people away or, or or intrigue people like enough? Like, how do I get involved in this? Yes. Right. right. <laughs> You know, now we we talk about that. We we've talked about that you know experience a few times, and now in retrospect, yeah, having as many miles as we have under our belts now, we think about those two people and we're like, oh, they're just full of crap. Like they they were <laughs> they were two hundred miles into their through hike, like they were still new at it. You know, yeah, whatever. right. So, you know, oh, but, that's so you know, funny. So, so maybe they were a little scared themselves, you know, and overreacting to the situation. So, <laughs> yeah. 
I did not. Well, I mean, what you, well, what, <laughs> but once you see a bear, it's easy to kind of spook yourself for a while either, too. Oh, yeah. 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 For so sure. you guys did about 1,400 miles of the PCT. What happened uh, with the through hike? Well, uh, it was an adventure. Um, we did a, like a flip-flop because it was a really high snow year. <laughs> oh, okay. And so once we got to Tehachapi, um, we learned that hikers were just hanging out in Kennedy Meadows waiting for the snow to melt. And there was all this, you know, talk about snow levels. And, you know, we're from Texas. We don't have any experience hiking in the snow or the high mountains or and so, you know, we just did some talking with some other hikers and um, we decided to uh, rent a car and drive up to Ashland and then hike south for a little while. So we ended up doing that. And then once we got to the Marble Mountain Wilderness, which really isn't too far from Ashland, um, Rambo, you want to tell her about what happened in the Marble Mountain Wilderness? <laughs> yeah, pretty routine. I was following the tracks in the snow over a small creek on a pretty steep embankment and fell through a snow bridge and hyperextended my knee pretty bad. Oh. So we had to turn around. It was a decision. We were either going to hike to this uh, snow bowl that was in front of us that two other people have been helicoptered out of, uh, you know, within t a day before we got there. And uh, it was pretty sketchy. Or I could we could walk backwards to Sayed Valley. And so we decided to turn around and go back to Sayed Valley. <coughs> Ended up being a pretty awesome experience. We met two, uh, uh, two people that were out maintaining the trails on mules, Peggy and uh, Bill. And uh, anyway, made good friends, and they helped us out. And uh, then we hung out in Etna for 10 days, I think, while my knee kind of unscrewed itself. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, and then uh, we flip-flopped back down and then started hiking northbound again because the snow had gotten better. And we did all the Sierras, and it was gorgeous. And then we got up to around, like, Lake Tahoe area. And uh, I don't know, the pressure started getting to us. It wasn't fun anymore because Oregon and Washington were on fire at that point. Uh, wildfires in 2017 were really bad as well. And we had yeah, friends on the trail that were in front of us, and they were – we were seeing all these Instagram pictures of it and it just looked horrible. Like it was not enjoyable. People were getting uh, upper respiratory infections from all the smoke. And uh, mm -hmm. a couple of our friends had been evacuated near uh, the sisters, I think, or Crater Lake. Like Eagle Creek area. Eagle Creek area. Yeah. And um, anyway, and then, you know, we were under a time crunch because now we were behind because of uh, we left in May. So we kind of left late to begin with, which I think was a good date if we hadn't gotten injured. But then two weeks down almost on the trail, it was, uh, you know, uh, the snow was looming over our heads and whether or not we'd get to Canada before we got trapped in the Cascades or something. Yeah. And it was right. like, it was early September at that point. And we were, you know, doing the math and we, we considered flipping up to Washington and hiking South and we just decided to call it a day. Yeah. No, that's yeah. better safe than sorry. Yeah. Well, it's not only that, but I mean, we were doing the math. We could have done it, but. You know, you roll the dice of finishing late and getting trapped in the cascades in a snowstorm, which it would be no fun, especially if you're carrying through hiker gear. Like you're really not. We weren't carrying that kind of gear like uh, to be in a blizzard. And uh, yeah, I mean, we were going to have to do, you know, 35, 40 mile days on our first through hike and we weren't ready to do that yet. So. Right. right. It's definitely a big learning experience for us. Yeah. Now, do you think um, since that was your first trail, I mean, it seems like a lot more people are using the PCT as their first trail. Is that something you recommend for people to do or? or? 
I guess. I mean, now that you've hiked, you know, pretty much three trails. I, I think that really depends on the person. Uh, I think that the PCT is probably getting to the point where resupplying on the PCT is definitely more of a challenge. Uh, even though it's not like super difficult to do, I think you could figure that out pretty easily. I also, I never really felt like we were alone for very long on the PCT. Uh, but that might've just been the bubble that we were in or the crowd that we were around. But I mean, there were definitely time, days when we were alone, but we weren't like, you know, it's not like uh, the Florida trail where you didn't see through hikers for, you know, days on end. Right. Um, we'd see people almost every single day. So. And uh, there were a lot, a lot of people out there who this was their, their first trail. And right. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I kind of like the way Yogi put it. Um, she said the Appalachian Trail is your bachelor's degree and the PCT is your graduate degree and CDT is your, your um, PhD. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's how I have always envisioned it. I mean, piece, although now that the PCT is getting so crowded, I'm like, maybe I'll do the CDT next. <laughs> yeah. Not to blame you. <laughs> You're probably not the only one. You know, just thinking that too. So, but, you know, I mean, the other thing too is like, uh, I don't know, as far as like terrain goes too, I thought the AT was a lot more difficult than what we hiked in California on the PCT. Yeah. I would agree with that as well. Uh, I hear I hear that time and time again from people. But and, and, you know, the nice thing with the AT too is you have a lot bigger window. Yeah. So if you need to move slower, uh, you then you can, you know, and there's shelters. So you can stay in shelters and that, there's a lot of trail towns, you know, there's not yeah. nearly as many, especially in the Sierras, you know, that's kind of where you're in isolated a little bit more at least in the section that we hiked so right yeah so after that you guys just what kind of regrouped and thought well hey guess we're going to do the at next year yep yep we uh again we just we talked about doing the cdt next <laughs> but uh, we were intimidated <laughs> yeah after we decided on the at yeah we started reading guidebooks on the cdt and it's like bears 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 I'm like, these are grizzly bears these aren't black bears like they're not after your food they're after you and so i was like yeah we'll wait on that one yeah we, we'll we thought we, miles we should get though. yeah get some more experience right right and again you so, know you crank out miles on the cdt too so better to be in shape right of course yeah. So you're on the AT and you're hiking. I mean, you guys have this goal of, of hiking all of the National Scenic Trails. Um, I mean, for one, A, I guess, how many years do you think you're going to take over to do this? And is it just kind of, you know, as you can get to them and then work in between times? I guess, how, how have you structured your life for that? Well, our original plan was um, to do it in five years. Um, and, you know, we had a pretty ambitious itinerary this year. Uh, we were going to hike the Arizona Trail, uh, well, now, actually, and then the PCT following that, and then we had the CDT planned for the following year, and then, you know, just the, the various hikes, depending on the length of them, we'd try to fit a couple of the shorter ones in one year, and then um, the, the, we were thinking the North Country Trail would maybe be the last one that we did. Um, yeah. So, but, you know, uh, Rambo Juice has had some, some health problems recently. So uh, our plans are kind of, kind of derailed a little bit um, and that's okay. You know, um, so we're kind of, we're trying to rework some things, but that, that is still an aspiration of ours. 
Um, for, for now, we're thinking that we might go on a long road trip and then in the fall, um, if everything's cool with his doctor, um, we might hike the Arizona Trail or the Ice Age Trail. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I guess then back up a little bit. <laughs> I kind of meant for that to go at the end, but I was just curious, like, because, you know, you said you restructured your life. I just didn't know how you guys were planning to handle all of that. But um, how did the Florida Trail fit into that after the AT? Was it just because it was shorter and you were planning to do the, the Arizona Trail too and kind of pack all these little shorter trails together? I think we kind of cracked the idea. I don't remember exactly when we decided to crack the idea of trying to hike all the National Scenic Trails. I don't think originally that was our plan, but I may have been pre-AT or during the AT. And then we started scheming hiking another trail while we're on the AT. <laughs> and uh, we uh, it's unfortunate we're not hiking the PCT this year because our entire tramway that we finished the AT with, uh, Savage, Handstand, Frickin' Frack, uh, they're all hiking the PCT this year. And I think that we influenced them quite a bit in that because we were like, you should hike it with us, you know, just like nonstop. Yeah. <laughs> on the trail. And so, you know, Florida fit in there because uh, it's one of those lost season trails that you can hike. And we we were excited about that. Oh, a trail we can hike in the winter. <laughs> and we right. knew from experience just like coming off a through hike and then coming home. Uh, we didn't want to be at home for really long. Not that we don't like being here, uh, but you know, we just get restless and we, we want to be back on a trail as soon as possible. And so Florida allowed us to only be home a short amount of time and then start as soon as possible. So. Right. So did, while you're hiking AT, did anybody else talk about the Florida trail or did you talk to anybody else about the Florida trail? And I guess kind of like what research did you do to, to prepare yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see. We, Met this guy on the AT, Safety Sean, that hiked last year, I think, on the Florida yeah. Trail. Uh, I don't I don't know if he really hiked the whole thing. We didn't talk to him too much. He was usually uh, inebriated. Uh, <laughs> but the other guy that we uh, that I got to talk with quite a bit was a fellow named Ninja Tortoise, and he hiked the ECT last year. Mm. And I met him in the Smokies, or right after the Smokies, when we were hiking on the AT, and he was hiking the ECT at the time. And so I got to talk his ear off for at least one night in camp and uh, find out as much as I could about the Florida trail. So, uh, and then um, I don't we, we, we had talked to, um, so our, our friends, uh, Willow and G Weezy um, have spent a lot of time in Florida. G Weezy's parents are there. Um, and they had told us about a, a man they'd met Tom Kennedy who had hiked through hiked the Florida trail and they put us in touch with him. So we actually called him up after we'd done our through hike on the AT and talked to him for, gosh, a couple hours about his experiences. Yep. And then uh, I've been watching a lot of posts from uh, Bushwhacker on Facebook, too, yeah. that we have a common friend with. And he's hiked the, a lot of the Florida Trail. I think he's through hiked it a couple of times. So, yeah, I think I feel like it's like either four or six times. It's like quite, yeah, a, he's quite a few. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. You can't get enough. Yeah. No. Well, it's, it's, I know a lot of people go back to it just because it is that off season trail. And so they can stay in shape and they can spend time on the trail and they're, you know, right. they're not cold. So, yeah. We didn't want to lose our trail legs either. So, yeah. And I have to say, I did enjoy it when we would tell people we were hiking the Florida trail just to hear their reactions. Yeah. 
isn't it a swamp and aren't there going to be alligators and yeah. anacondas? <laughs> it's cracking up to and, hear that kind of reaction from people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, then, and then our friends were like, Florida man, watch out for Florida man. And we're like, oh man. So. Uh, well, I think Florida man is pretty prevalent in your uh, in your hike too. So we can get Absolutely. to him later. But. Yeah. <laughs> we got to know Florida man pretty well. Yes, we do. <laughs> so you guys are the second people I've seen take an Uber to the trail. I think uh, Dan Munsell took an Uber as well. And I, I mean, how was that? Was that kind of like surreal taking like this person doesn't know where you're going, drops you off in a swamp? It was funny. It was really funny. Yeah. <laughs> well, he didn't speak English. Um, and you know, he he had probably had no idea where why anyone would want to go out there. I don't I don't know what he was thinking, but it was funny when he dropped us off, he jumped out of the car and he just started saying, Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> I don't know if he'd ever I don't think he'd actually before. ever seen like alligators up close because he's running out like a little kid running all over the place and he's like and you know the whole ride out there, we listened to like crappy '90s boy band music, yeah, like, like it was Backstreet, Backstreet Boys, Boys or something. Like the that. whole <laughs> way out there. But uh, I mean, as far as the ride goes, there it was a typical Uber ride. The the guy was fine, and it was an easy ride out there, and it was pretty hassle free. It was really? really, yeah. I mean, I think the ride cost us about seventy five dollars yeah. or something. So. Yeah. Well, we had terrible. originally planned to ride with the Trail Angel, um, but the plans fell through. Um, because he needed to go up to, I think it was Fort Lauderdale to pick up someone. And we were, you know, down in, I don't know, close to the airport in Miami. Right. And so he w- said he wasn't going to be able to pick us up until late in the afternoon. And so we thought, well, we want to get, get started. So we'll just try this Uber thing. Right. Right. So, I mean, what were your first impressions of the Florida trail once you started off in big Cypress? I mean, you're talking to people who were telling you, you're going to hike in the swamp was, because you already had kind of that knowledge talking to people who'd hike the trail were you at all intimidated or was it exciting i thought it was really exciting um it was a a different environment than i was used to and but i did i kept thinking for a long while because you know we didn't hit any water until after the our first night and we camped at i think it was 17 mile camp which I guess is actually what twenty miles or something. I don't, I don't remember. Yeah, how the numbers are off. Yeah, we haven't hit any water yet, so um, you know, I was thinking, well, where are these swamps? <laughs> and, uh, he's leaving out a tidbit too, because oh. <laughs> she got scared out of her mind right in the trail. There's that big concrete uh, alligator right off the side of the trail. Oh yeah, <laughs> she jumped like two feet in the air when she saw that thing. It was awesome. Got her good. Yeah, you're probably not the only person. Yeah. No, no, we we sure. discussed it with with some of the other through hikers that we met on trail, and uh, I wasn't the only one who got freaked out by the <laughs> very realistic looking alligator. <laughs> no, I thought Big Cypress. Like my first impressions were, I mean, it was a little different because we had to go to one of the Cypress domes to get water. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the second I, day. Yeah, and I didn't expect that we were going to have to worry about going off trail to get water too far but we ended up having to go to one of those cypress domes and we found this little mud pit uh and got yeah. water out of it and it's pretty dry yeah and surprisingly i was really surprised because we we used a sawyer mini or 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, the micro, micro, the new one, the micro. And uh, we used that, and uh, the water tasted fine. It tasted better than actually most of the water did in Florida. So that tasted pretty good. It ruined the uh, Sawyer filter really fast. We mm-hmm. sent those home and yeah. showed uh, I think it would ruin any filter pretty quickly. I mean, we were pouring it through handkerchiefs and stuff anyway, but. Yeah, that didn't work out so well. We no. we we uh, actually ended up switching over to bleach for yep. the, the rest of our through hike, which is something oh. we wanted to try anyway. So it kind of worked out. Yeah. So. Okay. But yeah, I thought it was really yeah. weird. We big cypress swamp and it was dry. So. <laughs> But then, you know, once once we got to the Black Lagoon, I mean, I thought that was beautiful. Yeah, that was cool. Mm-hmm. And we really weren't in the water for for very long. I mean, uh, it was actually easier, I thought, to walk through the water than the miles and miles and miles of mud. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was tons of mud through Big Cypress. When we did it. Yeah, like she said, we only walked through the water for a little bit, but it was mud before that. And none of the trees were budding yet. And so it looked like this dead cypress forest with mud. Yeah. And it reminded me of that scene in Neverending Story where Atreyu and his horse are going through that swamp to visit that tortoise thing. It was just <laughs> muddy, desolate looking, kind of weird, <laughs> weird, weird area. But yeah, but a, a really unique environment. I, I really enjoyed hiking through Big Cypress. Yeah. Yeah. It, I was actually kind of glad that people got to see it drier this year because typically. That is what everybody's seeing is, is water and all the water. And oh my gosh, I can't believe all the water. Um, but yeah, I mean, in low rain years or, you know, if you wait, if you start in February or March, it really does dry up. And uh, we had a similar situation the first time we hiked through uh, Big Cypress uh, just as a section hike. We had to go to a Cypress Dome and then we clogged our filter and broke wow. our filter. <laughs> yep. And so we changed like a three day hike to a two day hike because we had no water. So. <laughs> Yeah, we were through there pretty quick. Right. But I, I was back and do it again. And in, in I know this might sound crazy when it, in a wet year just to see, you know, what it's like. Yeah. So when did you guys start running into people? Hikers? Um, First hiker we met. Well, we saw one guy that was day hiking or he was doing a uh, shakedown run in Big Cypress. We saw him setting up his camp really early. We whizzed by him. We said hi. And then uh, the first real through hiker that we met was uh, Nonsense. And we met him at the Big Cypress Campground. No, what, is that what it's called? Yeah. The one near Billy Swamp Safari. In Seminole. In Seminole. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. And so, we, yeah, we, we got in there on our second night, I think. Third. Third night. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, uh, the you know, we checked in. The lady told us where to go, and we walk over, and the chickie had a uh, hammock hanging in it. And there he was. And there he was. <laughs> and that was the first group hiker. We've been friends met. ever since. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It seemed like you guys actually had a pretty good group of friends that you hiked with on and off throughout the trail. Sure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and, and then, so, well, we set up camp and then when, when we'd already gotten into the tent and gone to bed, we hear another hiker come in and we couldn't see him and we could hear him setting up kind of over by the, the forest <laughs> yeah and um in the morning uh when we were up very early like as the sun was coming up we he he quickly left and you know just said hello briefly but later that day we ran into him again and it was will will everett yeah oh okay yep 
And, so, yeah, we, and we hiked with him, him the next day. Mm-hmm. And nonsense. Yeah. And all the way into uh, Clewiston. We were kind of, yeah. yeah, seeing them into Clewiston and even in Clewiston. So, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then we kind of, well, we, Will's faster than us. And nonsense was slower than us at that point. So we kind of <laughs> spread out, spread out along the trail. Right. And then, um, right. The other through hiker that we, well, actually, section hiker that we met was up in Orlando was uh, Ryman. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And nonsense was the one that you guys met further up the trail, and he lived nearby. Mm-hmm. Is that right? He lived in Gainesville. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And he guys picked you up, and you guys got to have some trail magic, right? It was awesome. Yeah, we <laughs> did a uh, zero with him because a Nero zero. Yeah. Because uh, I think it was just a Nero, right? We mm-hmm. only spent one night there. Yeah, the, the weather was horrible. It was cold, and we were going to have to be wading through water most of two days because that flooding uh, was going on. Yeah. Um, so so we were with we were hiking with Ryman at this point, and um, there had been a cold snap. And um, we had actually spent a, a, a Zero in the tent. Yeah, and then um the next day we were i think it was the next day or the day after that um, was when nonsense picked us up and Mm -hmm. yeah got us through the rest of that cold snap but that was really the only cold weather we had on the trail surprisingly no i was just seeing how lucky it is that a you met somebody hiking on the trail and you're able to he was able to be a trail angel as well even though he was hiking was he still hiking at that point did he get off he had to go back uh, home. Uh, he he was off for a wedding. Oh, okay. That's and right. so he was going to be at home for a couple of days. And he, we'd known that because he had said if we needed anything and we were up in that area, to give him a call. And so sure enough, we called him up. And then when we got there, uh, Dam Damafino was there. Oh yeah, yeah. And she was she was section hiking the Florida Trail also, and she was doing a couple zeros or something there as well. Yeah, so so nonsense was just trail angeling everywhere. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He drove like no, an hour awesome. to pick us up and an hour back. And he did. Yeah, it was, it was cool. He picked us up at the Golden Corral. Yeah, yeah. We hitched into town and went to the Golden Corral. And Ryman is from New Hampshire, and he never heard of Golden Corral before. <laughs> and I was like, oh, "You're a New Hampshire, you don't know what Golden Corral is? Like, oh, this is like this is gonna be awesome. Like, it has a chocolate <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and a salad bar. <laughs> That's so funny." Uh, um yeah your uh tent zero what did you guys do for that just like hang out get on your phones and try to chill we were kind of miserable so (laughs) that was interesting period uh what was the name of that lake uh farrell's lake farrell's lake yes oh yeah we did our Mm -hmm. tent zero and so we got we were hiking really late at night and uh so two stories in one uh so we're hiking really late at night and there's a uh, pit toilet there at the parking lot right before we camp. And so we cruise up at nighttime and uh, stretch goes to use the bathroom and she opens up the door and jumps back. And she's like, there's something in there. And I'm like, what? And she's like <laughs> freaking me out. And she's like, there's a dog in there. There's a dog in there. And I, and she's just not really being descriptive. So I don't know what kind of dogs in there. You know, she looked at it for like stuck her head in and saw something and came right out. And so I'm like knocking on the door and saying, Hey puppy, you know, and I don't hear anything. And I open up the door and there's a hunting beagle on the ground in the 
in the pit toilet. And uh, somebody had gone in there, had found it in there before and unraveled a bunch of toilet paper and put it on the concrete floor so it wouldn't be so cold. But Mm -hmm. this dog couldn't open its eyes and it had ticks and fleas all over it and it was skin and bones. And yeah, and it was cold and it was disoriented and everything. And uh, so anyhow, so I, you know, went in there and uh, he had one of those uh, GPS trackers on him. And there was a phone number on there. (coughs) Excuse me. And so I called up the owner and he was like, oh, yeah, I know exactly where that is. I'll be right there to pick him up. And so we hiked down to the side of Farles Lake a little bit and camped. And sure enough, about 30 minutes later, a pickup shows up and picks up this dog. And uh, Ryman had walked by. He was after us. Uh, he had walked by the next morning and uh, went in the pit toilet. And I asked him, I was like, was there a dog in there? He's like, no, there wasn't anything in there. So yeah. somebody picked that dog yep. up. Yeah. I hopefully. It was a weird, one of those weird things. Yeah. And so anyway, yeah. that that night it got really cold it uh i think it got down to like almost freezing it was like 36 degrees outside and it started raining and it didn't stop and it didn't stop yeah and so we're sitting there and i was trying out some new uh ultralight gear because i thought in florida it's not going to get that cold and then the chance of it being really rainy and cold is going to be you know minimal and so i just had one of those montbell wind jackets not even really a rain jacket. it's more like a windbreaker and so that was all I had for rain gear. And uh, I just told Melanie, I was like, I don't think I could hike in this without getting hypothermic unless I ran down the trail. Yeah. You know, unless we yeah. just never stopped. You know, it, it's hard to get your body heat going on the Florida trail because it's relatively flat. Yeah. If we had some elevation, it probably wouldn't have been much of a problem. But so we decided to do a tent zero because the uh, weather was looking like it would. It was going to rain for like 24 hours right. straight or something. And so we sat there on Farrell's Lake and sure enough, the next morning, then Ryman comes hiking by or no, the next day. Yeah. Ryman, yeah. yeah Ryman comes hiking by and he stops at our tent. He's like, Hey, is that Rambo? Juice? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I told him we were doing a tent zero and he was basically in the same boat. He had stopped at the dollar general <laughs> and got one of those really Poncho. crappy, like dollar ponchos. And he's standing out in the rain and you can see his hand. I mean, he's from New Hampshire, right? Like he knows cold and he's standing there. Like I could see him start shaking. <laughs> his hands are bright red, you know. And he's, he's got like, the, I don't blame you. Yeah, he's like, I don't blame you. And we ended up finding out the next day. We caught up to him again. He hiked on further, and we found out he only hiked like another half a mile. And he pitched his tent. <laughs> so, he said, I he's like, well, they're doing it yesterday. Yeah. And so we sat in the tent all day, and uh, we had one phone, and we just read a book all day. Uh, we did. I mean, we were listening to some podcasts as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. it was, and we, well, we did, we ate a lot too much of our food. That was another problem. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, in your tent, you just have nothing to do but food. So, yeah. Like, and so we yeah. ate. Yeah. Uh, I can't imagine. It's too bad you guys weren't closer to town because then you could have just been like, well, I'm going to hitch into town. Yes, it was too bad. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, but um, you know, we have we have some friends from uh, from the Appalachian Trail, Frick and Frack, and, and they swore up and down that a tenth zero was the best thing in the world. And it, pickles. Oh, and pickles from too. From, yeah. So he's like, and, oh, tenth zeros are amazing. But <laughs> their experiences were, were must have been very different. Well, no, pickles said a trail zero was amazing. <laughs> yes, because he just zero. you know, 
hung out in a good weather spot. Right, but, right. Yeah, freaking frack. We're like, oh, tip zero. They did it once when it was snowing on the AP, and they said it was amazing. I don't share that. They're in the early early twenties, um, yeah. and I don't know. I, I, my back was hurting by the end of the day. Just yeah. laying, like yeah. that laying down on an air mattress for over twenty four hours is not. You're good. too old for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we we've done tent Nero's and you know, if I don't as long as I have a book or you know, if you're in a scenic spot, that's one thing. But I don't know, raining and cold just sounds sounds awful. <laughs> yeah. And, and and not only that too, but our, our tent's pretty small on the inside. Oh, yeah. So we don't have a lot of elbow room in there. No. <laughs> we don't have a three person tent. We have a two person tent, which is really a one person tent in my opinion. Yeah, and Rambo's <laughs> six foot four. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean it was, um, we won't do it again if it can be avoided. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, well, I guess since we were talking about your, uh, your privy hound dog, um, we could talk about other aggressive dogs too, because I don't think you guys are the only one having aggressive dog problems on the Florida trail, at least this year. I mean, I think it seems yeah, to be a common theme, but you guys ran into a lot of dogs. We, we did. And, you know, honestly, I have a little like, I don't know, post-traumatic <laughs> dogs dog issues like, <laughs> when we go hike or walking urban hiking walking around in like town here if a if a dog barks i'll jump you know kind of thing we're just always um or at least i was on high high alert for dogs after the florida trail but yeah we had a couple of scary experiences um we had heard that uh, there was another two hiker who got bit yeah um, yeah i don't remember who that was do you uh, recall god what's his name funk something g funk okay well so yeah um there was there was one time outside of uh st mark's um we were staying at the the magnuson inn or something um and there was a pack of pit bulls that charged us um there were four of them i think and they came charging out of the woods at us full speed mm. um and of course i went I mean, it was in a place where you wouldn't think that the pack of pit bulls would be. It was on like um, a nice bike path uh, heading right up, up to the inn. And um, they just came out of the woods and Rambo uh, grabbed his truck poles and just yelled at them and uh, was basically re really scary. He scared me, too. I almost ran away, but he scared him off. And then, um, you know, again, up north, if you want to tell that story near... Um, uh, up in the panhandle. Oh, with the pack of chows? Yes, yes. Outside of Crestview. Yeah. Yeah, there's uh, notes and gut hooks that was, you know, some people have been leaving in there saying to uh, do a hitch around this mile section because there was a pack of chow. And so we're hmm. standing on the side of the road and we walk by an RV park and just happens as we're walking by. I know we're coming up to this section. It was like right south of I-10, just before you get into the Yellow River management area. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's that canoe cemetery there. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so we're walking along and just, uh, you know, just happened to be, I looked down at my ground and I saw a pipe on the ground. So I picked it up and was hiking with a pipe for a little bit, just in <laughs> case I needed to uh, deal with some dogs. But yeah, and then uh, this, uh, this uh, couple in a pickup truck pull up, we had our sign out for uh, hiking that said, you know, hikers to trail. And uh, they turned around and came to pick us up. And uh, they were really nice. Uh, the, they were both really drunk, but we were only going a mile. <laughs> and uh, they were really nice. And 
They're like, what do you guys want to do? We're telling them, like, we're trying to hitch around. There's supposed to be some aggressive dogs. And they're like, I know exactly where those dogs are. And, like, in the truck. and we jump in the truck. As we get in the truck, we see the pack of chows running down the driveway. Oh there was like 10 of them. They had parked in the driveway that we were trying to avoid. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. So then they just gave us a ride uh, right down to uh, past Canoe Cemetery to where that boat ramp is. Yes. And uh, yeah, they were they were pretty funny. The the guy there was just convinced that there was no trail and that we were just hiking off to our demise. Yes. He's like, y'all are gonna die out there. <laughs> he said, I've, been, I've lived here my whole life. There is no There's trail, no trail there. <laughs> y'all are gonna have to swim across the river. I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm like trying to show him on gut hook, like where the trail goes. Yeah. He's just not having any of it. Yeah. He's like, your app is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and I think as we left, he was telling us something to the effect of, uh, well, I'll remember y'all when I see you dead on the news. <laughs> like, okay. Oh, Florida man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and his wife the whole time is just like, shut up, She's get like, in the truck. Ignore him. <laughs> yeah, ignore, ignore. Him. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny. Oh, funny. Yeah, they were hilarious. But yeah, I mean, those were the two most most scary dog encounters we had. And then I almost mm-hmm. got bit by a little white dog. Yeah. Uh it's in that section where you have to uh, stealth camp in all the churches. And I was just cruising. Oh, yeah. I had my headphones on and I see Melanie run up behind me and scream at me because I didn't hear anything. And there's this little mean white dog running right behind me. And I turn around just in time when his mouth is open, like going in <laughs> to take a chunk out of my calf. And yeah. Yeah. And it was always, it's one of those things too, where like every time I would remember that I, I should have bought mace, it was when we were not in town. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. But I would really recommend to people that they carry mace on the Florida Trail for dogs or, you know, something to defend themselves with, you know, because it it is a thing yeah. for us anyway. Yeah. And I've heard other people no. about it too. Did you have any experiences? Um, we did. We had a couple dogs. Um, not nearly as scary as what you guys went through. But, yeah, we definitely had dogs, you know, following us or barking. Um, and then one tried to, you know, follow us down a pretty busy road walk. And we're like, what are you doing, dog? <laughs> You're going to get hit. Yeah. Um, you know, you try to shoo it back as much as you can. But, yeah, no, dogs definitely were a problem on the Florida Trail, especially. I mean, it just up north, especially. So we did, we did have a good dog experience as well. Yeah, we met Baxter. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, that's right. <laughs> Yeah, Baxter was awesome. He was a great dog. He followed us for like 20 miles. And again, I called the owner and he's like, yep, <laughs> you know, I, I know he's following you. <laughs> Baxter gets around. Yeah, uh, that was hilarious because uh, I was on the Swanee River and we get to the one of the campgrounds there. And the, uh, the, the owner that I had called at lunch said, just get to the campground. And he's like, the campground host knows him. Just talk to him and see if he'll watch him. And so I get there and I knock on the guy's trailer and he goes, I, I and he answers the door. And I told him, uh, I was told that, you know, this dog. And I stepped out of the way and he just looks at him. And he goes, Baxter. <laughs> <laughs> and then he proceeds to tell me that the guy has come out to that campground something like 13 times to pick that dog up. <laughs> and then the next day we hike into another town. Uh, we hike over that creepy closed bridge. It goes to a convenience store that Ted Bunny's graffitis is on, apparently. And, oh, under like Live Oak. Yeah. I think Live Oak area. Okay. 
and we go to that convenience store that has a little grill in there. We're sitting there eating lunch and uh, this uh, fella and his wife start talking to us and they're asking us about the Florida trail. And I'm telling him about this dog and he starts describing this dog to me. And he goes, yeah, that's Baxter. He goes, we're over there by the Swanee River. He's like, everybody knows Baxter. <laughs> he goes, Baxter, brown. <laughs> Pretty funny. The reputation. But he would. That is a dog. smart dog, though. He, he was really an awesome was. dog. Yeah. He would swim across the Swanee River and run around over on the other side, and then swim back to us. And he was just. He knew exactly his, where he was. His energy levels were amazing. Yeah, he ran for twenty-one miles. I mean, he must have done forty. It, it was unreal because yeah he would leave wow. for like 20 minutes we're like oh, i guess you left and then next thing you know we'd hear this crashing through the palmettos <laughs> and here comes back <laughs> oh, and he he'd just like come back enough for you to pet him once or twice and he'd take off again you know that's how it went all day that's so funny he was a really sweet dog really sweet dog well if only all the dog encounters were like baxter Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to call owners every day, but you know, if they were all yeah, sweet. right. That's what the campground host we called the owner once I got there, and the campground host called uh, told the owner on the phone, who's like, "Next time this dog shows up, he's like, I'm keeping him." <laughs> um. Um, I guess two things that we can kind of talk about that kind of go together are probably Florida man and the gun and hunter issue. Um, and you had several instances of encounters with uh, hunters and how did that go? Well, actually, you know, our experiences, we, we had one scary experience. Um, but, but really on, on the whole, I mean, we didn't really have, I wouldn't say we had problems with hunters. It was just this one time we were hiking, um, uh, south of forever, Florida. I and can't we're remember. in that wildlife management area. And we were mm -hmm. hiking along and this, this hunt, this guy was shooting out of his truck window in our direction, in our direction. And we, and we did have, you know, the orange stuff on, um, but you know, I have a, a handkerchief that I carry with me, and uh, Rambo has a brightly colored something. I don't remember what you're so carrying. safety green hank. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but he didn't see us. And so Rambo just kept started yelling at him, and he must have heard something. Because, he heard us. Yeah. I mean, he stopped and looked over at us, and then he talked to the guy in the truck, and they took off. They, they moved fast mm. after that. And we, we, I don't know. We were just kind of on edge after that. Um, we did get a picture of his license plate because yeah. we, we found his yeah. truck parked, parked yeah. somewhere later and we were going to pursue it, but we never got around to it. I didn't know what the point would be. I mean, yeah. I, I did see a couple game wardens, uh, you know, but I don't know. I didn't want to get involved with sitting there doing a police report or something over that anyway. So, yeah. Um, you know, but other than that, you know, uh, we didn't, we didn't have bad experiences with hunters. Um, you know, a couple times we were disappointed that some of the campsites were really trashed out. And I don't know if it's, you know, who, who did that? Yeah. Um, so it's just evidence of a lot of stuff because you do come across a lot of campsites that have you know, something like a through hiker, section hiker wouldn't carry in there. So you see a lot of trash and like beer cans. Yeah. yeah and, yeah. Uh, you know, wrappers for stuff that they just leave around and uh, bullet holes and everything. Uh, again, Shells. you know, something that a hiker wouldn't carry back there. And I don't know, just from our experience when we got basically shot at, uh, 
it put us on edge the rest of the time. So anytime we started hearing yeah. gunshot, and you do hear a lot of gunshots in the Florida yeah. Trail in sections, and uh, so it just put us on edge every time we started hearing gunshots. Then it was just kind of like a nervous situation for us. So. Yeah, yeah. On the subject of Florida, man, it just uh, became kind of a joke with us. Or we'd get in the tent at night, and um, the, the forest would just come alive with noises of um you know off-road vehicles and guns and you know (laughs) music and airboats and other types of boats and just and just yeah just weirdness (laughs) just general weirdness yeah (laughs) and we're like oh there's florida man he's out (laughs) and definitely definitely some characters that we met on the trail too like uh oh yeah our first real i guess i would call it an exposure (laughs) was uh uh in Christmas. christmas And we were walking down to the Circle K in Christmas, and uh, we eat, stuff ourselves at the Circle K, and then we're actually going back to the trail, and there's that other convenience store right before you get to that one in between, and there's a mm-hmm. fellow sitting outside that starts talking to us as we walk in, and uh, he's a little strange. I don't know something about him, but anyway, we, we didn't spend much time in that convenience store, and we left immediately, and we come back, and as we're walking away... In one fail swoop, I look. I look to my right, and I see that gentleman that was, we were talking to earlier, urinating on the side of the convenience store, just <laughs> in open public. And then there's a trailer that somebody, I think he lives in, right next to that convenience store that is wide open. And then there's another local guy driving up with no shirt on, this huge long beard, driving like an old snapper lawnmower to the convenience <laughs> store with a beard. <laughs> And it's like right next to the welcome to Christmas sign. And I'm like, oh, I should have gotten a picture of like all three of those, like happening at the same time. Because it was uh it was pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, then another fellow that we met in Hampton, we stopped there and Ryman was with us. And we're sitting outside a convenience store uh close to the city park there in Hampton. And this guy comes in and it's like 10 o'clock in the morning, I think, maybe a little bit earlier. And we're sitting there, you know, stuffing ourselves with, you know, hiker food stuff. And this guy drives up on a tractor again. And then there's another guy like across the road working on a car in the middle of the street. And he's like, hey, so-and-so. Like they're yelling at each other, you know, all friendly. And then there's like a crack dealer or something down on the corner. It's acting really shady. You know, he's like got nice clothes on, but he's real rednecky looking. And, you know, he's just like milling about kind of, it's kind of weird. And then uh, this guy on the garden tractor rolls up. And he goes in the store, comes outside, and he's got a six-pack of tall boys. And he comes outside. Yeah. And he's real friendly, and he sits down and starts chatting with us. And this guy's really skinny. Well, he made it, he made you give him his seat. Yeah, and he comes <laughs> over and starts talking to us. And he's like, well, you mind if I sit with you? I'm like, no, not a problem. He's like, well, you're going to need to scoot over. This is my seat. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so he sits down and he's got tattoos on his face. He's missing a lot of teeth and he cracks up with a beer like 10 o'clock in the morning, starts drinking and talking to us. And then we started learning a uh, homeless code, I guess, because he is asking us if we were traveling. Are you guys which, travelers? Right. Which we found out is code for, you know, are you homeless? You know, where are you going kind of thing. And anyway, he was really friendly and he started telling us about uh, his experiences and, uh, he told us uh, the the one thing that I really remember that he said is he goes, you know, Jesus got your back, but you need to grow eyes in the back of your head because I've been beat up real bad a few times. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then he's sitting there drinking a beer and his phone goes off and he answers it. He's got it on speakerphone. And the guy's like, so-and-so, where are you at? And he goes, I'm at my house. And he goes, 
no, you're not. I'm at your house. And he goes, I'll be right there. He hangs up the phone. He's like, that's my boss. I got to go to work. <laughs> and jumps on, jumps on his tractor and drives back. With his, with his beer. With his beer. At 10 yeah. in the morning. So, yeah. So. so, yeah, we had a couple of <laughs> funny Interesting ones. encounters. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Oh, Wow. That yeah, is crazy. And then, and then every other time, you know, we'd, we'd be out, you know, you know, you're on one of those road walks on a forest road in the middle of a, a national forest or something. And some guy rolls up in a kind of junky car with his base going and just kind of creeps by and you look at him and you're like, yep, Florida, man. <laughs> you know, yep. It just became the running joke as we were, you know, are out there hiking. Like anybody oh, else, goodness. some of them were really friendly, some of them were really mean, you know. Yeah, it goes, but definitely a different culture. I think, I think Florida takes redneck to a new level in parts. Like it's <laughs> definitely got its own breed. So, well, I mean, and that's the funny thing is that sometimes these are the only encounters you have are with non hikers, and so you're just like, okay, this is interesting. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> what I am mean, I doing out here? You know, and that that's true with any trail though. You're you're gonna meet some interesting people yes, on any trail sure. that you go on but yeah well i think our friend lorax um i think he blew the mind of uh, the lady that works at the um the the store just out of st mark's um the rj's or aj's or oh yeah aj's aj's um she said i said have any other through hikers come through here and she (laughs) said oh yes there was a man in a kilt earlier (laughs) (laughs) a man wearing a skirt (laughs) yeah <laughs> yeah, that was another. Yeah, good probably don't see that too often. Because there was Roxy at that store. Remember uh-huh. the yeah. lap? Yeah, she was nice. Um, I want to talk about uh, your gear because it seems like you guys carried a bunch of different things that I don't normally see people carrying. Like, well, I mean, for the biggest one, and you guys just you just recently wrote a uh, blog post about it is the the Tinkle Bell, which is uh, very curious. So maybe you could talk about that a little bit. Um, do you want to take that one, Rainbow? No, no it's all you. Yes, I I love um, I love that I love the Tinkle Bell. Um, so you know, in the past, I've done the the squat method, um, and th- that the tinkle bell just made my life a whole lot easier. I, I was able to just clip it on my backpack. Um, and then I could just, you know, slip it out and use it. I wouldn't have to go traipsing off into the woods and, you know, find a tree and, you know, hide and all this. You can just, I mean, you don't, you barely have to take, you know, your shorts down or, or it's just very convenient, easy to use, easy to clean. Um, yeah, it was one of my, uh, favorite gear pieces for sure. Now, how did you come across that? Because I've I've never seen anything like that before. Um, and um, now I'm just really they, curious. Um, so. Yeah, they um, they uh, got in touch with me via Instagram or Twitter. I can't remember which one. Um, they started following us on social media. And okay. that's how I had heard about that product. Awesome. Okay. And yeah, um, yeah and I also say use the a P a P rag as well. I mean, I'm sure if you heard about the Kula cloth, that's kind of relatively new. No, I haven't heard of that. Okay. I, yeah. Um, I, I'd heard about the P rag with, uh, when Coldy locks was on and I was the first time I've heard about that. And I'm like, Oh, what have I been missing my, all my, all my hiking years here? 
Um, right. And then like a few weeks or months later, there uh, someone posted about a new product that's, uh, I think Anastasia Allison is her name. It's called Kula Cloth. And it's basically like a nice version of a pea cloth. Um, but you can hang it on your pack so it can dry. And it has like, you know, um, an antibacterial layer on the part you use. And then you can also like fold it over so that way it has a pretty pattern and you don't see like, you know, wetness or things like that. Sure. Um, but yeah, I thought it was, uh, it is a very interesting, you know, development for women on the trail at least. So. Yeah, that's cool. I hadn't heard of that. And now I'm like, I'm like, it's kind of like you, you're spreading the gospel of the Tinkle Bell. I'm like, the Kula Cloth is so cool too. So <laughs> check it out. But the other thing I wanted to ask you guys about because was your uh, myofascial ball. And I think you guys have like a, or at least you do stretch, have a fitness kind of background. And how does that help you guys uh, on the trail? Um, I guess keeping, you know, sore muscles from, you know, building up and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, before I was hiking, I worked um, for Gold's Gym as a, a personal trainer and um, a yoga instructor. And um, I'd always been with my clients very, um, uh, I guess pushy would be the word, about, um, you know, maintaining their mobility and flexibility. Um, and, and I just kind of carried that over onto the trail uh, on the PCT you know, there were a lot of people that were having issues with being sore and just things aching. And um, I was carrying my myofascial tools, not, not all of them, obviously, but just a few key ones that I like to use um, that are lightweight and easy to pack. Um, and so I started showing people different things. And um, at one point, kind of had a little bit of a class going in Tehachapi at the airport camp. Um, <laughs> So, you know, I was showing people different stretches and how to use foam rollers. And, you know, it's if people don't don't know what myofascial release is um, or, or foam rolling, foam rolling, you know, kind of a generic term for SMR, um, which is like self massage. So, um, you know, your body has connective tissue that um, encapsulates your muscles and this fascia, it's called can you know, become bundled with use and that can affect the underlying muscle groups and your joints. And as hikers, you know, they can definitely make a big difference in um, how you're feeling on the trail from day to day. And so, you know, we, we use them every day when we're on trail. Um, and actually, I mean, stretch saved me on my PCT hike. Second day in, I got IT band syndrome really bad in my knee. Lots of hikers get that. And I don't think a lot of them know how to fix it. Mm -hmm. And uh, she had me use a foam roller and I was good to go in under a day. And I thought I had like a severe knee problem. And, wow. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it doesn't, and it's then, not know, always the issue, but sometimes it is. Right. And then like foam rolling will help with things like plantar fasciitis, uh, IT band syndrome, your hip flexors get really sore. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff uh, that, it, it helps with big time. Yeah. And, and stretching as well, of course. And so, you know, when I had started the wellness page on hiker lore, you know, I'm just trying to reach hikers and educate them and hopefully help them um, to develop some kind of, you know, even if it's 10 minutes every night when they get in their tent, some kind of, you know, self massage and stretch routine. Right. No, I think I, I really appreciate that page because you know, I definitely did not do any stretching or any self-massage or anything like that after, especially after the AT. 
And, you know, you come off that trail and my knees, I felt like my knees were shot for months after that. And uh, I think that's probably the case for so many people, you know, we were popping, you know, vitamin I and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, your your feet probably hurt really bad on the Florida trail from all road walking and that sort of thing. So I thought it was a unique perspective because I don't actually, you know, nobody really addresses that other than, well, take some, some ibuprofen. So. Right. Right. I feel like it's definitely something um, that's not particularly well known. Um, I have seen hikers with myofascial tools. I even saw a hiker on the AT with a foam roller, um, you know, on his trek pole. <laughs> And some people use their trek poles, in fact, to roll out their quads, um, you know, and, and calf muscles. And so I, I feel like um, and I would like to do a lot more with that page to reach out to people, because, um, like I said, I do feel like there's a, a lot of people who don't have never, never stretched, you know, and I was certainly yeah. in the boat at one point right. Can make a big difference. Yeah, not only that, I mean, it can really extend your hike, too, because there's probably tons of thru-hikers that have either gotten off trail for recovery or ended their hike from things that they probably could have prevented had they just done a little bit of uh, stretching and foam rolling. Sure. That kind of thing. I mean, we saw a girl on the PCT at Hiker Town that she couldn't unbend her foot she was walking on her toes almost because she had plantar fasciitis so bad oh my gosh you know you wow. shouldn't have to let it get to that point <laughs> no oh wow when people push too hard and don't don't take the time to you know recover and take care of themselves while they're on the trail you know and that's and also that- what happens to people that go from i'm going to leave my office job and go hike the trail and do zero training right and on that note right yeah, People who don't physically prepare uh, suffer, I feel like. Yeah, needlessly. Right, right. Um, One last thing I want to talk about a little bit is don't come across too many hiking couples. Um, I remember we were definitely a rarity on AT when I hiked. I don't know how more prevalent it is now, but how how do you guys handle hiking together? Have you guys had to, like, resolve any conflicts? And, I mean... Or just having you negotiate, um, you know, when somebody's feeling bad and it needs to slow down. Or do you guys have any methods or tips and tricks for people who who may want to hike with a significant other? Um, yeah, certainly we do have conflict. Um, I, you know, I think the biggest thing, in my opinion, is when you can tell that your partner is really struggling and having a bad day. You might be feeling that way too, but just extending kindness in that moment instead of maybe reacting um, in a negative way, like maybe they snap at you, so you're going to snap. You have that um, urge to snap back, but instead, you know, just try to treat them with kindness. You know, how can I help you in this moment? You know, (laughs) Um, yeah, I would say it's just like our normal day to day lives. Like, I mean, you deal with stress and, you know, through hiking can be stressful. Uh, you know, you have your good days and your bad days. I think the one of the rules that we kind of go by, we don't really talk about it, but we we try. We had issues on the PCT with uh, speed. Mm-hmm. I like to hike a lot faster than stretch does. Not to say that I hike farther. I just hike faster. And mm-hmm. so I think something that has evolved since we've hiked together on through hikes is that we 
we tend to go the speed of the slowest person. So if Stretch is hiking slower, then that's the speed we go at. If I'm hiking slower that day, then that's the speed that we go at. We adjust to the slowest person. doesn't matter who it is. Yeah. And that really helps with, that's our main struggle. Like, pace. I feel like, yeah. is pace, pace. Mm-hmm. On, on the trail. But, yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, it's just, I don't think it's any different than everyday life. Like, well, you know, and the difference is, I mean, we're a little bit different. We're around each other 24 hours a day, pretty much all the time because we don't work right now. So yeah, being on a trail is no different than being at home other than we're moving. (laughs) Uh, And really tired and really hungry. But (laughs) definitely uh, through hiking has brought us a lot closer together because like PCT, we didn't listen to music at all or podcasts or anything. We, we just hiked. And so we had enormous amounts of time to talk about all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And now our friends kind of make fun of us, like our trail family on the AT would, because Stretch would say something. And then, you know, 10 seconds later, they'd be having a different conversation with me. And I'd say the exact same thing that she said, because we're just like <laughs> on the same wavelength. Savage would go, you right. guys are so married. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think, I think just taking every opportunity to be kind to each other. I, I know that doesn't, doesn't sound like, like much, but it, it means a lot when, you know, you're having a trouble. Right. And it can definitely be hard to do. Yeah, it can. Yeah. You might feel like doing something else entirely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but I don't know. I think well, I, yeah, yeah. Like you said, I think we are kind of an oddity. In more ways than one on a lot of the trails, too, because our age group of people, we don't see a lot of people in our age group that are through hiking. It tends to be older people that have retired or people that have just graduated college. And so we're kind of in the middle of that. Uh, And then on top of that, being a married couple that's hiking, because met a lot of people that are married, kind of in our age group, maybe a little bit older, but they're hiking alone and their spouse is like, you know, at home or. Mm-hmm. Right. Or, and usually the people that we run across that are more like that are section hikers. Yes. Yeah. Uh, definitely more section hiker uh, material. So, but, you know. Yeah. And, and, you know, we're still learning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think one of the hard thing about hiking with your, your spouse too is, uh, so you have the advantage of when you're hiking with a partner of sharing gear, which allows you to cut some weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then something that I think we struggle with is, uh, well, I can make this lighter by doing this. And, oh, I don't want to do that. You know? And so we, we have definitely compromises on gear <laughs> as far as comfort goes. So, you know, that's another thing too. It's like, I'm like, well, I can sleep on a foam pad. She's like, no way. We're not doing that. There's not that. Like, I will not sleep. So, you know, there's, there's compromise as far as gear and everything goes. Yeah. So, yeah, of course. So, but I mean, mean, hiking has definitely brought us a lot closer, you know, for, for couples that don't hike together do. (laughs) And it's great because we are never alone on the trail. We've run across several hikers on other trails too. They're like, I'm so lonely. I haven't seen anybody in a week. And we, we don't understand that at all. Cause we always like, I, we do not hike apart from each other either. It's not like, you know, I turn around and go, I'll see you in 20 miles and take off down the trail. We hike together the entire time. Yeah. Cause we have met people that, that do that. That do hike like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's not what yeah, we I- 
We I saw that on the AT as well, and it always seemed to end with the uh, if it was a male female couple, it was definitely the the female would usually end leave the trail because you know the guy is the faster one usually, and he's taken off the day, and of course the girl's like, well, you know, she's lonely or she gets lost or tired and she doesn't have that companionship. And um, yeah, I definitely saw that. And it seemed like a dynamic that was not usually that great. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, know we, some, some people. We saw that were, on the but... AT as well. Some, some horrible couples for sure. <laughs> you know, yeah. and that's something I guess also that, I don't know, you need to go into it. If you decide that you want to through hike with your significant other, you better have the same goals in mind. Yeah, And sit down and talk about it before you head off on the trail, because if you have it set in your head that you want to crank out 40 miles a day and, you know, run through the trail as fast as you can, your significant other is like, oh, I want to take all the blue blazes and I want to see this and I would take zero days here. And, you know, you need to get on the same page with that or at least meet in the middle somewhere, because just walking into that, that's like picking up an old World War II grenade without a pin in it. Like, you don't know what's going to happen, you know, it, could end up great. It could be, it could blow up in your face. So, right. But yeah, I I definitely think that you need to be on the same page before you decide to through hike. We met a couple on the PCT that had just gotten married and then decided to do for their honeymoon to through hike the PCT. And uh, (laughs) we were like, that's brave. Good luck. <laughs> you might want to do that before you yeah. get married. Well, we met another couple that did that before they got married. They're like, we're going to through hike the PCT. And if this ends well, we know we can get married. Yes. We're like, that's the better way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so. hmm. Well, I'd like to know what on the Florida Trail was your favorite section and maybe least favorite section, or if there was any other favorite moments or favorite things from the trail. Uh, my favorite section was the Swanee River uh, and the Asilla Tanks. Uh, that was hands down my favorite. I don't know. I mean, close second probably would be the uh, National Seashore at the ending. I thought that was great. Uh, beautiful section. Uh, worst section, I don't know. I, I'd kind of ball it all up in one thing and just say the roadwalks are my least favorite part. <laughs> You've never heard that before, have you? Yeah, yeah, like said every through hiker ever. <laughs> right, yeah, and that's you know that's a pretty common theme, but you know, I mean, we we just got I don't know, just we got kind of burned out on walking on roads towards the end of the trail. That's why we started cranking up our mileage towards the end. We're like, we're done with this roadwalk stuff. You know? <laughs> yeah. like, let's get out of here. And uh, I so. think we did. I think it was like three thirty mile days back to back or something. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and for me, I really like the Kissimmee River um, section with all the the oak hammocks and palm hammocks. I thought that section was beautiful. Yeah, that's a great section. I don't think, I mean, most people say like what you've got, you've already said is a Suwannee and that sort of thing. But the Kissimmee is uh, like a little, little gym there in Central Florida. So yeah, Kissimmee was cool. That was part with all the live oaks, right? Yeah. Yeah, that place was awesome. I also thought, um, you know, the the soft, choppy river area was really pretty. Um, mm-hmm. I thought Bradwell Bay was interesting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would not put that on like my favorite thing, but it was an experience. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely that's the only place you're gonna find a hiking like that. 
Yeah, <laughs> it, it was really unique. Yeah, but was... you're like, oh, what am I stepping on? What is this? Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then you look down in the water and you're like, oh, it's only like a foot. And you step on the stuff on the bottom and then you sink all the way up to your hip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of unnerving. You're like, what's down there? I don't know, but I'm going in. You know, it just happens. But yeah, water moccasins. And, yeah. yeah, that was... I thought, you know, something I'd read on a bunch of blogs, too, before we started on the trail was a lot of people, uh, I, I wouldn't say they were dogging on it, but they didn't like the levee walks. And I actually thought that the levee walks in the beginning of the trail were actually really cool. Yeah, I like that, too. You saw a lot of wildlife. So see so much wildlife out there. And it's just really unique, too, because you don't, how often you get to walk on levees for miles and miles and miles. And yeah. You do get to see a lot of alligators and the birds in Florida and yes. that section are pretty amazing. But make sure you have very good sun protection. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We actually had a uh, friend cause we, we had completely forgotten about that being so exposed on that. We had a friend uh, who lived in Florida come and give us a, a drop box and we were like, Hey, pick up sunscreen while you're at it because we totally forgot and we're going to burn ourselves on the levee. Yeah. So yeah, we took like, I think 50 SPF and we were still getting torched and we ended up having to jump it up to a hundred. Yeah. And I had actually oh, wow. ended up having to put my, I think my sleep pants on at one point because I, the backs of my legs were just torched and you got heat rash. and I got heat rash really bad. Yeah, so I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, if you're sensitive to the sun and that section, it's, it, yeah. it can be pretty brutal. Yeah. Will Everett got oh, yeah. burned bad. He didn't have sunscreen. And no, and he, he, he's just he like, yeah, I, I usually shorts, just, yeah, he's like, like I usually just get burned open. pretty, I just usually get burned and then, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And I saw him in person and I was like, man, you are beat red. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yeah, it didn't work out so well. <laughs> oh, well, I kind of feel like this year's hiker group kind of got the short end of the stick, stick with the roadwalks just because of the hurricane. So you guys got oh. extra roadwalks up there. Was that kind of really, yeah, that was incredible up there. Um, gosh, it was just, I just, you know, I, I had heard on your podcast about the, the uh, damages and you just have to see it to understand why you can't hike through that. Yeah. 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 Possible. And then we, you know, had some more road walking because Eglin had uh, oh, active yeah. military maneuvers, maneuvers oh, that's going right. on when we yeah. got there. And yeah, that was interesting. We we hiked eight miles into Eglin, and then I heard bombs going off pretty close to us. Maybe we should call. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, let me call this number again, real quick. I said, surely they would put a sign up at the trailhead, and no, no. they don't. They're just gonna <laughs> bomb them, and if you haven't called this number, it's your fault, basically. <laughs> what a beautiful area, though. Yeah, that was a really what cool a, area. What yeah. a actually, the Florida Trail in general, general is very well maintained. The volunteers do an excellent job. <clears> yes, yes. So well, you guys didn't get to hike any Eglin, or just the west part of Eglin? We did get to hike some of it. Uh, we had two closures in Eglin we had to walk around uh the, so we hiked in the eastern part mm -hmm. and we had to skip a let's see that was a 15 mile road walk that they added on to us i believe to get around it because it was that second campsite that you go into when you go into Eglin east i believe i forget the name of it but it's when you it's basically where you start turning and going west again in Eglin. And there's a camp mm -hmm. right there. And that's where they were doing the active military 
uh, maneuvers. And so we had to hike two sections past that to get back in on the trail. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And so we ended up having that. That was, I think that added like a 13 mile road walk or something to our day. It was or, a very long it day. Was a very long when we day. got to camp, it was very dark. Yeah. 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 But yeah, it, it, it was the, the parts we did get to see were, were really nice. Yeah. And then the Western part had active military stuff going on when we got there too. Okay. So, yeah, we didn't get to see all of Eglin for sure. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Maybe sometime we'll get to, to go back and hike through um, those, those areas we had to road walk around Econ Fina and um, cause I mean, here it's beautiful. Yeah. 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 It is beautiful. I just, I just wonder how, the scenery has changed since the you know landscape is so <laughs> different now. Vastly so. different, yeah, and it's going to look a lot yeah. different too once they start clearing the trail because you're talking about clear cutting basically and yeah, down logs everywhere. So yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. <clears throat> well, um, I know you guys had to adjust your plans for the Arizona Trail. What is on the agenda for, I guess, this summer for you guys? Well, um, we we bought a a um, a van, a, a Chevy high top van that we are converting into a um, an adventure van. Um, so we've been we've been working on that since we got home from the Florida Trail, and we we hope to uh, hit the road here pretty soon. Awesome. Yeah, we got an epic road trip planned for ourselves to keep ourselves busy since we can't be out hiking. So <laughs> at least through hiking. So we're planning a road trip that goes from Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, Nevada, Utah, Wyoming, Montana, North South Dakota, Michigan, and then maybe a little bit of Colorado. Oh, and then we're going to try and we're kicking around the idea of once we're done with that, that should put us within the time frame of potentially uh, being able to do a fall start on the Ice Age Trail in Wisconsin. Okay. And we have family in Michigan that we're hoping we can twist their arm and they can watch our van while we go through hike the Michigan or the uh, the Ice Age Trail. So there if you go. we have enough roadblocks. Yeah. So if we didn't have enough roadblocks, <laughs> yeah. we're going to go uh, do the Ice Age Trail and add some more on there. <laughs> but that's still open. Uh, we're also kicking around the idea, depending on when we get home, of doing a uh, southbound hike in the Arizona Trail. So, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. The Arizona Trail is uh, becoming more interesting to me in the last couple of years as I've seen people, you know, you know, blog or or Instagram their journey on the on the trail. It seems much more doable. I guess the desert is always kind of. Uh, scared me just because of the water issue <laughs> um but it looks gorgeous so I'm, I'm intrigued yeah and this year the southern part of the arizona trail if you're going to through hike it was good because they actually got late snow was the problem got so, snow in tucson. <laughs> yeah i got snow in tucson this year vegas got snow even but yeah so the it water issue in, yeah. the, in the southern area would have would have definitely helped you out and uh, we actually kind of twi- we we got the ball rolling with uh, Lorax too because we were talking about doing the Arizona Trail and he goes, well, if you guys are going to through hike two trails and I'm going to do it too, I'm going to hike the Arizona Trail and now he's out on the Arizona Trail and we're not there. So you know. he did send us a picture the other night. It was yeah, nice. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's funny. 
So yeah, Arizona yeah. Trail looks amazing. It I, does. I really that's one of the uh trails I'm really chomping at the bit to get on because it does look amazing. Yeah, you get a you get a hike through the Grand Canyon, you know, like right yeah. the end of your yeah. hike. That's pretty awesome. And then you get an end at the border of Utah, less than a mile away from Buckskin Gulch, uh, which is like where Edward Abbey talked about going canyoneering through. So you can't you can't get any better yeah. than that. And you could just tack that on the end of your through hike if you wanted. <laughs> yeah, well, then you could get on the uh, the Hayduk Trail after that, and oh, there, you go. there you go. I like yeah. the way you think. Just keep rolling. Go do the yes. Grand while you're at it, right? So. Yeah. Oh, never-ending source of, of things and places to see. So that's true. So how about you? What's <laughs> what's on your hiking agenda? What do you got coming up? Oh well, <laughs> Are you uh, I, have a <laughs> I have a four-year-old son, so we stick to uh, we have in Texas. Well, you know, we're in Texas. Um, the Lone Star Trail over here on East Texas. It's about what a hundred miles. Um, we've yeah. done sections of it, and I've wanted to get out this spring on a couple overnights. We just haven't had the chance. But we're always going to Texas state parks and hiking over on those trails. And he's. We went to uh, the Davis Mountains in Thanksgiving, and he did extremely oh, well. He did a probably about six mile hike up one of the mountains wow. there, and you know, up and down. So it's mostly getting him to trail legs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully, in a couple of years, he will be able to do some bigger miles and maybe some longer longer hikes. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at right now. We're not quite in through hiker life stage again, but I'm hoping in a few years we might be. Sweet. Yeah. Do you guys ever consider uh, section hiking separately? Anything? Um, you know, I thought about doing a few things with some friends, but I think, I mean, we're kind of like you. Like, we like to hike together. We like to be together <laughs> and do that similar sort of thing. I think we would both feel like, you know, you know, a little bit of jealousy. Like, I want to go. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Love that episode with with you um and your husband um reminiscing about your hike and um i was particularly interested in the panther sightings oh yeah yeah those weren't on the florida trail they were all in um fakahatchee strand probably 20 miles west of there okay. um it's kind of a if you drive the road there or there's these old logging trams if you're there at certain a good you know, dawn or dusk is a good time to kind of see them. But we've both seen them in the middle of the day as well. It's just uh, kind of random encounters. And you're, it's, you know, you can see them in Big Cypress as well. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. I've had a couple of people on the tell me they saw panthers up in North Florida, but oh, wow. um, that's an extreme rarity. So I don't know if that was real or if it was a bobcat. So you never right, know. Right. Huh. That's so. really cool. So. A couple, where was that at that said that they had seen that? Cougar? Oh, yeah. So when we were at the Nobles campsite, um, oh, yeah. we met a couple who they were looking for a, a panther that they had seen several times in that area. Right where we, oh, yeah. right, right where we, we had camped, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, no, that's a good, that's a good, it's a good spot. That's a good area for them to be spot, yeah. Um, I got up and got out of the tent and there were these people just staring at our tent. And I was like, what? <laughs> Why are we staring at our tent? But it was because they were looking for a panther. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> oh, goodness. 
Well, I don't want to take up too much more of your evening, but I do want to thank you for uh, coming on the podcast. And you guys are really fun to talk about, to talk to. And if you find yourself over in Houston driving this way, let me know. And I'd love oh. to meet up. Yeah, that would be great. We'd like that too. Yeah, I got a brother that lives in Houston. So we'll be out there at some point. Awesome. Yeah, we could go on Sam Houston and uh, do a hike or something. So. That'd be awesome. Yeah, they got good barbecue out there too. Yes, they do. Mount Zion Baptist <laughs> Barbecue out there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, thank you, Misty. We really appreciate it. And it was nice, nice talking with you. Yes, yes. And you guys have a safe trip and uh, hope you guys are back on the trail soon. All right. Thank you very much. It's nice talking to you.